You're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast where I share my life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey, and now let's create a life we love. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Seven Transformations podcast. Today, we are talking leadership, four qualities of a good leader, how to spot them, how to create them in your own life and in the things that you are up to, whether that's being a good leader in your family, in your business, in your relationships with others. Leadership is something that we are always developing. I know for myself personally, it is an ongoing skill, an ongoing talent, an ongoing area of improvement that we are continually exploring because the more you want out of life, the more you will have to improve your leadership skills. And life is never short on situations to test those skills. So we are in the process of continually evolving our leadership. So that is something that is a beautiful part of life because what would life be if you could just master something right away and then that's it? So, you know, the beauty is in the journey, as they say. So here we go. You know, these examples and these things are from what I teach. They're from my workshops and from, you know, my lessons, my own career. I don't think you need to be a professional dancer or even have set foot on the dance floor to understand these concepts, to apply them to your own life. You know, dancing to me ultimately is the fundamental expression of the laws of the universe. You have two forces that are opposite but complementary to one another, moving in unison to to create something. And this is very important because ultimately dancing is a creative aspect. When you're dancing in the conversation with somebody, your goal is to create something. You know, when you're dancing in the business with, with somebody, your your goal is to create something. You know, when we look at something like martial arts, which is employing the same principles of dynamics and timing and all these things that dancing does, but the end is very different. The end is to return to homeostasis, you know, to return to nothing. You don't want the conflict anymore. You want to remove it from the situation, you know, to eliminate the interaction. And dancing is very generative, is very creative in the sense that we are trying to do and and make something bigger than ourselves. And with that, it sets a lot of precedence for how a leader needs to act, how he needs to act with other people, how he needs to cooperate, how he needs to be empathetic, adaptable, all these types of things, because your end goal is to create something. So, you know, and that leads to the that leads to the first point, which is a good quality of a leader. The first one is that he he or she is generative. And what I say when I what I mean by generative is as a source, ultimately that person is a source of whatever, with its energy or creativity, ideas, you know, it can even be a source of peace. You know, they say, you know, that person is my rock or, you know, he is the, the, the rock of the family or things like that. You know, ultimately a leader is a source for others to count on, to rely on, you know, in dancing, a good exercise would be if you, if you stand in front of somebody and you both hold each other's hands and you both kind of start to sit back in the sense that if you were to let go, you would both fall. This is a very simple 
an easy trust exercise that many people are familiar with, but it, it paints the picture very well, you know, because you you can look at that situation as, as a perfect example of creating something with someone else based on trust, based on support, that you wouldn't be able to, to do on your own. You wouldn't be able to be off balance. And that's, that is the whole point of a, a leader is a source of balance. Or like, for example, again, the picture that I have on my thumbnail, you know, I love, I love that picture because it's, it exemplifies this idea. You know, my partner is going off balance. She's reaching for the stars. She wouldn't be able to do that on her own if I wasn't holding her. And that's really cool because it's, it shows that whole concept in dancing that we say the lady is the picture you know, uh, and the man is the frame. And what that what that old saying is, is basically, you know, it doesn't have to be always lady and man, obviously, because actually at a really high level, we are constantly changing those roles. You know, sometimes the man will do something that will, you know, take the attention and the woman is more in a supportive role. So it's not, you know, gender biased in that sense. But the point is, is that you have a grounding force and you have a force that creates something. You know, it's they're working together. And that's, that is the key, one of the keys of partnership when you are a leader is understanding, okay, how do I cooperate, you know, with other people? How do I empower others? You know, a good leader empowers other leaders around them and understands that leadership is a group phenomenon. It's not a one-person thing. You know, traditionally we think of leadership as like the leader is the alpha male in a, in a competitive sense, in the sense that that person is the strongest, he has the biggest teeth you know, that kind of thing. But really, mankind evolved as a social creature. We didn't evolve like tigers or anything else. We evolved in groups. And the person that could support the group and create that cohesion is really the alpha male in our species. That is the that is the, the true leader role right there. It's a supportive, generative, grounding role. So first quality of a good leader is that they are generative, that they are the source. So understand that what you want out of people, you have to be willing to give it. So if I want, you know, my partner to be excited and to, you know, be really motivated, it has to start with me to create that energy, that that space, that environment. You are a space for what you want. If people around you are miserable all the time, then, you know, that's something to look at and to see what is your what is your approach to creating the space that people are entering in around you? So what are you generating? So number two, a leader has to be organized. You know, this is obviously, this is pretty important. You know, life, the definition of life is something that has a low level of entropy. If you know what entropy is, it is the state of disarray in a particular system. It's how uh, you know, organized or disorganized it is, the thermal energy, you know, there's a lot of definitions about it. But basically, it's the high, the more organized something is, the less entropy it has. And if you look at life, and intelligent life specifically, the more complicated something is, the more energy it takes for it to stay that way. You know, it's it's a natural pull of the universe to bring back everything down to, to nothing, to this void, to to a homeostasis where everything is even Steven, you know, so life in general is, is this fighting force. It is this energy that, that coalesces and organizes itself despite that pull to nothing. And, 
in that in that sense, you know, you look at nature, it is a very organized and structured force. You know, there's a quote from the uh, Tao, I believe. It says, like, you know, nature never hurries, yet everything is accomplished. And it's a beautiful quote because nature is extremely organized. There's nothing wasted. And as a leader, to be a good quality leader, you have to think systemically. That's what this is about. There's two modes of thinking that I talk about, which is systemically and systematically, and we'll get to them in this episode. But the first one is to think systemically, meaning you have to be structured in your thinking. You have to understand you know, the principle of timing. Everything in life goes according to a time and a, a timing. You know, in dancing, this is obvious because we coordinate you know, a million and one things to the music, you know, the music being representative of the pace of life, the the movement of things around you, the music of your day. You know, you've got a schedule, you've got a job, you've got your responsibilities. Those may not sound musical to you, but look at it from the perspective that it is the beat that demands you to move, and you have to move to it. So, Ultimately, your understanding of how much you can fit within a given beat to create beauty in your life, just like a dancer would, is the key to being organized. You have to think systemically or systematically and be good with your time management. Some people don't believe in time management. I don't really think you can control time, but the sense of you can control your energy and what you do with time, your attention. You know, you're always going to have times where you have not as busy and sometimes when you are as busy but what you can control is your response to your energy levels through your attention time and energy you don't you know time you have no control over energy you can somewhat control and attention you can control so think about it this way you know if you have all three this is really when you've mastered your systemic thinking when you can apply your time your energy and your attention in a very organized fashion. If you have a lot of your time and your energy, but no attention, you're going to be disorganized. If time and attention are there, but no energy, then it's going to look stale. You know, just like if you imagine, let's say you saw somebody dancing, but there's no passion in their dancing or somebody performing anything and they're just going through the motions. It's stale. They're either very organized, their attention's there, but there's no energy. You know, and of course, if your attention and your energy are there and you're all over the place, but there's no sense of organized timing or no, you're rushing around all over the place, then it's just reckless. So you need all three. And a lot of, a lot of this also comes down to your sense of control and how you are balancing control in your life. Control is not something negative or positive. It's just there, but it can be detrimental to you if you're trying to control what you cannot control. A good leader understands what they can control and what they cannot. That is one of the key to the keys to being organized. If you are trying to control things outside of your control, that is poor management. And that makes you disorganized and eventually makes you burn out or makes the people around you get burned out. A good leader controls themselves, you know, in, in the ways that they can and applies their energy in the areas where it's going to be most effective. And what that takes is systematic thinking. It requires a structured approach and being smart, being, you know, wise as well, and being organized and efficient. So number two is being organized. Number three is a good leader is balanced. You know, this is going to be an interesting one because probably the most relevant to all the dancing 
talk that I have been given. Point number one with this, ultimately when we have balance, it is a matter of alignment. You know, what is what is alignment? Alignment, at least in dancing, it is the position of all your body parts in relation to an axis, right? Your your spine. And whether you're back weighted or forward weighted or you're kinda off, or something's off balance, you're falling to the right, whatever it is, at least you have a, an axis that's perpendicular to the floor. Well, in, in life, your alignment, you know, you have way more axes in life than just up and down, you know, and this relates to your vision, your direction in life. What, you know, the axis is the one thing that you center everything around. So that is your more core value system. Your, what do you believe? What is your direction, your future plan? What, what are you aligning with as a leader? Because if you're aligning with something that is maybe not productive, that is going to contribute to your balance, your sense of balance as you approach situations, as you approach your relationships, as you approach your life. So you have to evaluate what are you aligned with and, and correct any misalignments in accordance through, you know, misalignments mean, okay, if I, this goes back to the whole vision, goals, and actions episode I had two a couple weeks ago. Um, vision is your main direction and your goals and actions are what support that. So if you're having a goal that doesn't align with your vision, it's going to cause a misalignment. You know, it's going to cause resistance and friction and stress, and you're you're going to feel it. And it, the people around you are going to feel it, especially if you're leading a company or family or whatever else. Those misalignments cause stress. And a good leader who's balanced has also very good alignment in the things that they do and in their relationships and consistency, right? That's another important part of having alignment is having consistency. You know, one of the things with creating a good brand or whatever, anything really, is consistency. If you're, if you're consistent across all areas, that is good alignment. I mean, things are aligned. Point number two of this with, with being balanced is understanding duality and oppositions. These things I've learned from dancing, but I'll explain them really quick. You know, this is an easy, easy idea. So if, if I'm walking, you naturally have opposition in your body when you're walking. I've talked about this before. If my if I'm walking, my right arm is going to go forward and my left leg is going to go forward. That's an opposition. It swings to and fro. You know, and, and you look at any Sports Illustrated magazine, you look at any athlete, they're always twisting their body and, and employing, you know, a duality of energies. One thing is going this way, the other thing is going that way to really create power and speed and all these things. And, you know, it doesn't, I don't need to break it down here. It's not a dance lesson. But the point is, is that, an effective athlete, an effective dancer utilizes oppositions, opposing forces to create a very dynamic uh, approach to their to their craft. And what that comes down to is really understanding both sides of something. You know, in, in this case, in the physical realm of dancing, it's relaxation and action. When do I push? When do I not? When do I relax? When do I stop? When do I contract? When do I, you know, let go? And if you look at that in your life, that is the ultimate question, isn't it? Whenever you're faced with a situation that's stressful or you have to make a decision, the question always comes back down to, you know, do I push this or do I let it go? You know, that's something that I constantly ask myself in everything I do. And there is no right answer. 
the the only answer is that you go with one of them and you see what the universe has in store for you. Either way, you're going to learn. If you fail, then you learn from that failure. If you succeed, then don't think that that's your default answer to everything because let's say if you push all the time, that's not going to be always successful. If you let go of all the time, that's not going to be successful too because sometimes you have to push. Sometimes you have to do the opposite. So learning to balance these two to develop your sense of duality and opposition is a huge part of being a balanced leader. The other part, which is related to this, this is point number three, it is, again, going back to systemic and systematic thinking. This is the systematic thinking part. It is seeing the relationships between things outside of you, seeing the bigger picture. A, a balanced leader is someone that is adaptable, that is patient, that has courage. Where do I get that from? You know, if you look at a competition, for example, I'm going to use a dance competition. You're on the floor with multiple couples dancing around you. It's very chaotic. There's judges that you need to have them see you. You know, there's your audience that you want to entertain, you know, and and there's your partner that you have to take care of and, and make sure that, you know, they're not going to be hit or anything like that. So, all these things are things that apply directly to your life because let's say you're in a business you've got you know your clients you've got your employees that are looking out for you you've got other business competitors on the floor right of the greater floor of of the market that you're in and your floor craft your ability to navigate the situations the movements of others and seeing how you can accomplish your results strategically between satisfying your clients, satisfying your investors, satisfying your employees, and seeing the relationships between all, the, all these things, you know, that's what creates a, a balanced leader, somebody that sees relationships between things. And that makes somebody who's adaptable because the things are always changing. Relationships are always moving around. And it makes somebody who's patient, somebody who's able to see these movements and sometimes, again, going back to the previous point about when to push and when to let go, you know, learning to be patient allows you to make a clearer decision because there's no way you can just act on first impulse all the time. You know, you to be a good leader, to be a balanced leader, you have to employ patience because you don't know what the right choice is. And maybe by a little observation and looking at it, you'll know, okay, I'm going to let go of this. Or you know what? No, I am actually going to push here. So, you know, and then courage. That's the last one is adaptability, patience, and courage to handle these these moving situations all the time. And courage is really just having the courage to act, to put yourself into action, and to to manage these things. You know, as as a professional, as I was growing up, so to speak, there was a very big difference between when I first started competing as a pro on the floor with other people who were way more experienced than me and and now, you know, and, and there's always way more to go, you know. So the point is, is that your your courage comes by practicing it here. So the better you get at whatever it is, you're going to have more courage and then it's going to open you up to even harder situations and so on. So the more you act, regardless of the outcome, you're going to practice acting and and taking action. So point number three, a good leader is balanced. They have good alignment with their vision. They understand opposing forces and opposing viewpoints and how to 
balance those, and they think system uh, systemically. Man, I always get those things mixed up. They think systemically. They are able to see the relationships of the outside world and how those things are moving around them and navigate them with adaptability, patience, and courage. And the fourth one, last but not least, is they are aware. A good leader is aware. And what do I mean by that? There's there's several important things here. And the first one is that, in general, information is the source of action. So what do I what do I mean by that? Well, think about it this way. Let's say you have a general and a bunch of soldiers. A soldier is not expected to know very much. They're just expected to be in action, to be out there in the trenches. As you grow through the ranks, you you do less of the action part and you handle more of the informational world. So what that means is that the greater leader you are, you are spending less of your time and attention being in the trenches and more of it observing and listening and managing information before you decide because your decisions have greater impact. Your decisions have way more impact on everybody else than, let's say, a soldier does. So you have to be well-informed. You have to be listening a lot more. So the first one point of that is that listening, is that patience. The beginning of any business takes a lot of energy, but once it's self-sustaining, it's more about listening and looking at for, okay, opportunities. Now, what do I need to do to grow? And then, yeah, you go back into a growth stage. So there's stages to everything. There's a stage to to the creative cycle. And once you get through the first stage, which is all about energy and growth, you know, it needs a different kind of leadership, which is more listening, observation, and taking it in and consideration and thinking about, okay, what is the next step planning, that kind of thing. And point number two here is one about empathy. You know, to be aware is is really to be empathic of the people you are trying to lead. And why I say that specifically because, again, there's many leadership styles, but they all come down to two. There is a one that you can dance with the situation and dance with your partners, or the second one, which is, you know, I'm the alpha male, I'm the the king, I'm going to take everything and force everybody. That's it. There's only two ways, love or fear, right? And if I'm trying to dance with somebody, my goal isn't to make them do as many turns as possible or to get them to that beat as quickly as possible. My goal is to create something with that person, create a connection, create an experience for both of us that's satisfying, create some fun, create beauty. You're trying to create something together. So with that, it totally changes the reference point of of the leadership style. It it changes it to a point of empathy. I have to understand what do I want out of that person? Okay, and then what do I need to do to create that in that person? That is a integral part to leading. It is an integral part because you understand the other person's shoes and what you want from them before you do the leading. A lot of times we think of leading as this forceful thing but it's very much not good leading employs something what i call non-obvious power which is really the power of gravity 
I was talking to one of my friends about this. I've talked about this many times, but you know, recently I was talking to one of them about the power of gravity in your life. And, you know, you can employ this very simple. This is an awesome concept to put in your life. So let's say I'm chasing girls or guys, whatever. You're trying to find somebody that likes you. That is an external use of your energy. And regardless, it's going to burn through your resources, your emotional resource, financial time, whatever. Well, think about it from a point of attracting or creating that situation through a different a different effort by building your gravity, building your attraction potential. What is gravity? Gravity increases with the more dense an object is. So when I build more muscle, when I build more money in my bank account and wealth, let's put it that way, wealth is better word than money. When I build more wealth, when I build more information in my mind by learning and literally you know, cutting my mind up with new neurons and, and increasing its density. You know, these types of things, they do increase your density. And on an astronomical level, your gravity is probably not very, you know, huge. But what if what if it did make a difference? What if that change in your density, the, all those things that we talked about, what if it follows that universal law? And it seems to, because, you know, the more muscle you get, the better you look, the more wealth you've acquired, the more you know, things you learn and grow and develop in yourself, you do develop that magnetic potential. People start to come to you. Opportunities start to come to you. You are creating this pull towards you. Rather than you having to expend your resources and chase, you are creating the power of gravity around you and leading with a non-obvious power. That's why I call it non-obvious because it's not obvious. You know, when I when I dance with somebody, when you dance with somebody in dancing, we lead by opening the door, assuming the person is skilled enough to dance with you. Sometimes you have to force the situation. But assuming the person is skilled enough to dance with you at a, at a minimum level, you don't have to force anything. I lift the hand, that's your signal to turn, you know, lightly, and you go under and boom. It's very effortless, it's very easy and fun. And that's that's what leading with non-obvious power is. I don't have to force the situation. So that requires awareness because awareness gives you awareness of the situation. It allows you to develop your empathy and your partnership skills and allows you to develop your patience as a leader. So four good qualities of leadership. Number one, let's review them. Generating, meaning you are a source, whether that's a source for creativity, a source for peace for others, you are the source of that which you want to create. Number two, you are organized. A good leader understands their systematic thinking. Man, I got I almost got that wrong again. They understands their systematic thinking, principle of timing and how to use their energy and their time in an organized and structured way. They understand efficiency and how to have discipline and control over the things that they can control. Number three, a good leader is balanced. They have good alignment with their vision. They're consistent to their execution of everything around them. They understand duality and opposition of different viewpoints and how to balance those two in their actions. They're not just one-sided about everything. And also they understand the, the relationship of everything else around them and how those things move over time. They think systemically. They see how things are related, whether it's 
you know, the pieces to the puzzle in their, their business scheme or their employees or their family members or their social intelligence. All those things fall into play there. You know, number four is aware. A good leader is aware. They are patient. They are empathic. So they're able to understand another person and their position. They, they understand what they want from that person and from their perspective so that they can create the request and create the right actions to lead that person to do what they need from them. And they employ non-obvious power, which is in alignment with this last thing that we just said about empathy. Ultimately, you will have to force some situations sometimes. It just happens. But that should not be your norm. You know, that's that's an emergency situation. Most of the time, we try to lead with non-obvious power. Try to lead by example. Try to lead by suggestion. Try to lead by invitation. All these things are non-obvious power by focusing the power where it needs to go, which is on yourself and developing your skills and all of that stuff. So anyway, just a couple of nice, good, solid points from the dance floor, so to speak. And I hope that they have contributed to your life. These things I talk about all the time, and I find them very fascinating. It's really cool, obviously, to do it in a workshop setting and, and do demonstrations and have people do activities. But I think you can you can get this in your own life. You know, even if you've never stepped foot on a dance floor, this is something I think a lot of people can relate to and visualize and and use to create their dance of life, as I say. You know, dance through the situation. Remember that dancing is about having fun. It is about creating something with someone else. And if you can use that word in other areas, like if I want to dance through this conversation, I want to dance through a conversation with somebody. It means I'm not trying to put them down. I'm not trying to be inauthentic. I'm trying to actually create something. So so let your life be a dance. Let your family be a dance. Let your you know, business be a dance because it is creative and generative, and that's what life is all about. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it adds value to your life. If you uh, like this show a lot, if it contributes, you can feel free to check out my website. We have a Patreon and PayPal account there. Uh, I also just released my new piano album, which I'm super stoked about. I'm going to be promoting that a couple times here this month. It's it's a very cool project to me. I'm super thankful to have it out there. You can check it out on Bandcamp. I also uh, have it on the show notes of the last episode I posted. So feel free to check that out. I, it's a bunch of my piano music with some uh, like ambient nature sounds in the background. Very relaxing, very cool. Good gift for anybody's birthday, obviously. And I should have those CDs up there by now. But if I don't, feel free to message me. If you listen to this show and you want an autographed copy, feel free to message me through the website. I would love to send you one. Uh, and that'll just be, you know, my little my little gift to you. Obviously, you always have to pay for it. But That'll be something I would love to do for you guys. So anyway, I'm rambling on now. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys on Friday. You're listening to the 7 Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For more episodes like these, subscribe or stay connected at the 7transformationscom